In our society, we striving from a message from God. God's messages transcend age, gender, socio-economic status, ethnicities, religious persuasions, political affiliations, and cultural restrictions that encourage and inspire people to become saved, delivered, and set free from the bond of sin, as well as, gain a closer relationship with God. This is God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. Greetings, I'm Evangelist Dr. Sharon Westbrooks, the host of God's Input for You on the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Thank you for joining me for this broadcast. I appreciate each of you for tuning in. Apologetics, meaning reason, arguments, or writings in justification of something, typically a theory or a religious doctrine, is so much easier when we are not too involved emotionally. For example, when we are talking about theology or ethics with a co-worker or acquaintance, feelings of, you know, friendly, helpful, or cooperative attitudes are present not overwhelming emotions generally. For in those cases, we speak to defend truth, refute error, and seek conversion without much inner conflict. The process is not all that emotional, not because we're indifferent, but because the nature of the relationship is less intimate, thereby less complex. Nonetheless, The love of Christ constrains us to declare the truth and pray it's received, but it's a love absent the entanglements and vulnerabilities that come along with more intimate relationships, such as discussing a child, a sibling, a beloved church member, and etc. Any school teacher with children or of his or her own will attest to uh, my previously mentioned statement. For if the said teacher catches a student cheating on an exam, he or she will feel concern in addressing the situation, but the said teacher is not likely to feel overwhelmed. On the other hand, if the said teacher finds that his or her own son or daughter cheated on an exam, it may call for the same corrective action, except the teacher's emotions stemming from his or her deep bond with his or her child will be very different, resulting in the process being more challenging and possibly overwhelming. Accordingly is the case when homosexuality hits home. It hit the culture already, so saints of God these days often find ourselves expressing then defending the biblical position on the marriage and sexuality. Said conversations take place with co-workers, friends, or acquaintances usually. Yet, more Christians are also hearing, I'm gay, from someone they never thought they would hear those words from. Someone close, with whom they share close familiarity. They have history with them, and very deep loving bonds. This broadcast is going to focus on what a Christian should do when someone they love says, I'm gay. The truth may still be clear to many of us when discussing homosexuality, but now 
when it's applied in the context of intimacy, such as a family member, a very close friend, loved one, the feelings generated become confusing and difficult to deal with and often volatile. So volatile, in fact, that when truth and relationship collide, some try to abandon one of the interests of preserving the other one. Clint McCain, a self-identified Christian and former Arkansas school board member, remarked in a well, very well publicized post on Facebook in 2010. Um, he expressed, I would disown my ch- kids if they were gay. They will not be welcome at my home or in my vicinity. I will absolutely run them off. While few saints of God will sign off on such an approach, it shows the simplicity, albeit the wrongness, of destroying a family tie when a loved one's sin makes the tie painful. Conversely, some families opt to revise or negate truth in the interest of love. Robert and Susan Cottrell operate Freed Hearts Ministries, a website encouraging Christian parents not just to love their gay children, but also to approve of and embrace their homosexuality. When facing a conflict between truth and love, they advise, if you have to choose between love and doing what you think is the right thing, always choose love, and it will always be the right thing. However, both extremes bypass a critical fact about Christ's likeness. Christ is full of grace and truth. Not grace or truth. John 1 and 14, a Christ-like approach will honor both of them. Just look at John uh, 1 and 14, rather. John 1 and 14. Um, and, and you'll see that a Christ-like approach will honor both. Compromising neither, though. I like that. We can't compromise. However, complications arise from outside the family as well. When cultural messages clash with biblical ones, some sins condemned in scripture are also condemned culturally, like murder and rape, while other sins like fornication or gluttony are tolerated despite their sinfulness. Not so with the sin of homosexuality, because our world is not only shifting towards approving it, it is also shifting towards a robust disapproval of the disapproval of homosexuality. For acts that used to be a source of shame and are, are just now celebrated openly throughout the world, the so-called gay rights movements with the help of many mainline churches multinational corporations, politicians, educators, and judges are very successful in promoting homosexuality as acceptable, if not laudable, part of society. To call homosexual behavior a sin is to stand against powerful forces in our society. Many believe that messages coming from places of worship and Christians and and are contributing a great deal to negative perceptions of gay and lesbian people. Leading um, David Aikman, a a former correspondent with uh, the Time magazine and senior fellow of the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C., to conclude gays in general 
regard evangelical Christians, not just as critical of them, but also as implacably hostile towards them. For that reason, if we have a loved one who is a homosexual, they're being reassured by societal voices and many voices claiming a Christian base that homosexuality is normal and it's all right. Additionally, our loved ones uh, are being taught to believe that a Christian's disapproval of homosexuality constitutes at least ignorance or at worst hatred. Just think about our entertainment where uh, homosexual characters and dialogue are commonplace in, in, in movies and TV shows uh, that target both adults and children. In fact, lesbians, gay, and bisexuals identified as LGB characters outnumber positive portrayals of Christian characters who actually... You know, we as Christians uh, comprise a much larger percentage of the population. But in the new media, those who oppose marriage redefined are often given negative labels such as anti-gay, bigoted, or anti-equality. When someone you love says, I'm gay, I'm sure a myriad of questions arise. Uh, but I read an article not too long ago in the Christian Research Journal that expressed the questions fall that you have um, fall generally under the umbrella of two questions, uh, two general questions. What about us and what about God? By exploring both questions, we're better equipped to deal with the arguments and emotions and rational negotiations involved so often in this difficult family situation. So we'll look at uh, what about us. Well, our primary hope for our homosexual loved one is that they become saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit as some say. But if they say they are a homosexual, we know automatically that they are not saved. To that end, when asking the what about us question, let's consider three elements. Number one, clarify feelings. If the news is a shock or a disappointment, it won't help to pretend otherwise. Our emotions aren't meant to be detached from our minds, and we cannot pretend indifference or ignorance in light of a loved one's sin. A godly heart rejoices in truth and grieves over wrong. You can see that in Second Corinthians 1, 23 and 24. So there is nothing wrong in conveying, um, wow, this is really a surprise for me, but we're going to work through this. Or, I love you, but this is hard for me. Or, I'm feeling so many things that it's difficult for me to absorb this news presently. Or, this news is very overwhelming to bear with, so, so just bear with me. Or, I'm not happy about this news at all, but we will get through this. Number two, clarify priorities. 
in light of uh, the statistics about that I spoke about earlier about the way many homosexuals perceive Christians, our loved ones may expect us to reject or uh, denigrate them or adopt a holier-than-thou attitude. Therefore, reassure your loved one that your love for them did not change. Don't make this issue the focal point of your relationship with them so you can maintain a very lovable relationship with them. Number three, clarify expectations. Try to learn and work to understand your loved one. Don't try to go fast, go slowly and ask questions to ascertain what the loved one expects from you, as well as let your loved one know your boundaries and what they can expect from you. Um, Ask questions such as, when you say you're gay, do you mean you embrace that as something good or view it as something to resist or sinful? Are you in a relationship currently? If so, do you want me to know this person and interact with you as a couple? Um, Or do you expect me to change my viewpoint on homosexuality? Your loved one must know you love them, but you cannot condone or encourage your loved one's homosexual acts. You know, true love delights in truth. That's 1 Corinthians 13 and 6. That next question, what about God? Scripture views homosexual behavior as sin, but it does not view it as an unforgivable sin. All people, regardless of their story, are deeply and unconditionally loved by God. That's true. Uh, And so you hear that, but each of us are created with profound dignity and worth, not one more than another. This is more than mere religious rhetoric. You know, it's truth, whether one is gay, straight or otherwise. But all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone, no exceptions. And to that same degree, we have to put in our mind. You know, our sin demands our repentance and needs forgiveness. And God's love and grace are where we find both. This is just basic Christianity and the great equalizer of all people. Therefore, a person's spirituality is primary. So if someone is dead in sin, their unsaved state is the problem. Their sinful tendencies are but a symptom. When Jesus approached a Samaritan woman who'd had multiple relations and was now living with a man outside of marriage, he recognized her sexual situation without overemphasizing it. You can see that um, in John four seventeen through 18. 18. His priority was not her sin, but her relationship with him. Look in John 4 and 26. And from her recognition of him as Messiah, that's what uh, changed her life. Uh, She went and evangelized the city. That's John 4 and 39. And it's reasonable to assume she changed her living arrangement as well. And an assumption not clarified in scripture, but, you know, easy for me to make. For her life to change, something had to happen between her and Jesus. For our loved ones to 
to change. Something has to happen between them and God. We cannot make that happen, but we can pray for it to happen and perhaps be part of it happening. All of which makes the what about God question very essential. To that end, when asking the what about God question, let's consider three points. The first point is clarify position on God. If a loved one declares I'm gay, the first consideration becomes their view of salvation. If they are unsaved, that not not their homosexuality is the main concern. Therefore, when entering into uh, dialogue with non-Christian gay loved ones, it's advisable to clarify that. Homosexuality is one of many behaviors falling short of what God intends. Look at Romans 1, 26 and 27, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 11. On the other hand, many Christians are being confronted by homosexual loved ones who claim to be Christian and gay, adopting a pro-gay interpretation of scripture. Therefore, if your loved one claims that uh, to be born again, that they're, you know, gay and born again, and they say they feel the spirit, they they pray daily and live a Christian life as a gay individual, it's less helpful to challenge the authenticity of their faith and more helpful to ask whether their life lines up with the word of God. For to claim homosexuality is a is a viable lifestyle um, is to deny the word of God. Let your loved one know that one of the marks of a Christian is his or her desire to be obedient to the word of God. Uh, certainly most of us would like to rewrite the scriptures to make life easier so we can do what we want to do that we know is not uh, right but the scripture define and change us not the other way around number two you have to clarify position on God and sexuality for God designed the pleasure of sexual unity not only as a bodily intimacy but also as an intimacy of heart and mind between husband man and wife woman men and women are to share intimate community with each other free from shame when united in marriage as one flesh as well as to reproduce children genesis 1 26 and 28 the biblical sexual ethic does not indeed cannot change with the times doesn't matter what people are saying in political correctness therefore no other sexual union than between a husband man and wife woman is biblical this is the uncontested historical teaching of Christianity and it is not something that true Christianity is free to adjust with the times. Number three, clarify openness to future dialogue. God also ordained human influence as a tool for his work. So in addition to um, 
teaching, we often see reasoning with people as a vehicle for God influencing them. Paul, for instance, engaged in dialogue, uh, the act of reasoning throughout his ministry. Look at Acts 17 and 2, 17, 17, Acts 18 and 4, Acts 19 and 8, and Acts 24 and 25, for examples. Um, you know, often we unfortunately reach a place of impasse where points and counterpoints are made and when we're dealing with um, individuals that aren't our loved ones we're just not as emotionally as I expressed uh, on the onset of this broadcast but when it's a loved one it it really becomes so emotional because it's so dear to us and that's when it's helpful to ask can we continue this discussion don't argue, continue arguing. Um, say, I'll be willing to read materials you recommend if you're willing to read mine. And we can keep dialoguing on God, sexuality, and spirituality. If agreed to, such discussions can be uh, extremely useful and wonderfully redemptive uh, for your loved one. As Christians, we're commissioned first to know truth then conform to it and finally express it as faithful stewards and when someone you love says I'm gay your faithful stewardship or truth generates rewards in the next life and hopefully good fruit in our present world um, so you have to have assurance that you know who you believe and what you believe and that you're persuaded that God is able to keep what you've committed to him. Second Timothy's 1 and 12. So when scripture and culture disagree, Christians must stand with God's word. Homosexual behavior is condemned clearly in the Bible. Look at Leviticus 18 and 22, and then 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. They're just two of the many biblical passages that condemn homosexuality. I just want to recap on, on um, what you should do if a loved one... No, no, let's bring it home because I can hit a different, little differently. What should a Christian do if y- your, your child reveals his or her homosexuality um, and what I say like I said before the first thing uh, Christian parents should do is to let their child know that no matter what love and grace will win the day um, mom and dad's love will continue regardless look at first John 4 and 8 it says the one who does not love does not know God for God is love in Romans 2 and 4, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So since you love God, you have to let them know you love them. We love all of God's creations. And all parents uh, must remember that uh, children, their children, and likewise ourselves, have heart issues. We're not trying to put good fruit or bad on bad trees. We are... Uh, 
we pray passionately for our children, our unsaved children, that God will change the roots of the tree, that he might remove their heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh. Look at Ezekiel 36 and 26. And parents should also encourage uh, their children who has come out as homosexual not to define uh, him or herself as a homosexual. It's important to ask questions, as I said previously, like, are you in a relationship? Is the relationship sexual or platonic? Uh, have you acted out your feelings of same-sex attraction, or are they just thoughts you have? Parents can come alongside a struggling child and help him or her see that he or she is not gay simply because he has homosexual thoughts. Rather, he or she is struggling with homosexual desires or same-sex attraction. The difference between struggling with homosexuality and identifying oneself as gay may seem subtle, but it is a huge distinction, and here's why. God never created us to be homosexual. In Christ, that is not who we are. In Christ, we are we can become a new creation. Christians may struggle with impatience, lying, adultery, lust, or pride, or, or uh, gluttony. Uh, uh, Christians may struggle with same-sex attraction, but though that does not make them homosexuals. You understand what I'm saying? Just because you're struggling with something, that doesn't mean that is who you are. You don't define yourself as a liar or a cheater or a backbiter or a gossiper. You understand? We are new creations in Christ. And so Christian parents can approach their child as broken people and offer to, to struggle together through their imperfections. It's important that we never communicate to those who... Um, have same-sex tendencies that their sin is the worst of all sin because sin is sin yes homosexuality is sinful but not to a level above that of heterosexuals lust or lying or pride um, because it's not an unforgivable sin the truth is we are all broken and we all need help to remain pure also, Christian parents should make clear that biblical convictions, you know, they have to tell them that, like I said, but um, only after you've established a basis of love and grace and empathy and compassion. It's very important that if you don't have a good relationship with your child, that you you strive to get it, pray to get it. Your, your children need to know that. You love them and that the Bible is the supreme authority in your life and on all matters of faith and conduct. Not mom, not dad, not peers, not the media, not the television, not the church. The Bible. And the Bible says that homosexuality is counter to God's intended purpose for human beings. Sexuality must be heterosexual in nature and within the boundary of marriage. Um, if a child says, I am homosexual, that's the way it is, and I don't care what God thinks, then clearly, then the parent clearly has to step back. 
because this child needs a serious heart change just as though a child that says that they're going to do drugs or that they're going to live with someone heterosexually and not married you see uh, God can change the heart though Sin is a heart problem, and until God changes the heart and the child is gripped by the grace of God, nothing will matter. And so a, a parent's convictions don't matter. The letter of the law will not matter. Love is the key, yes, and is what drove the prodigal son back to the arms of his father, Luke 15, 11, 32. And it is, according to the Apostle Paul, the greatest of gifts. Look in 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. Repent and ask for forgiveness. Seek the Lord for change, healing, and restoration of relationships. And as you consider your loved one's situation, what is it you would like to see happen? What are your goals? What would you like God to do? Certainly, it would be good if your son or daughter turned away from homosexuality. Um, didn't identify as gay anymore or stopped acting out sexually but what if they walked away from homosexuality and never became a child of God what if they began having opposite sex relationships but never became a follower of Christ what about those who believe Christianity and homosexuality are compatible our desire should be greater we want our loved ones to come to Christ for salvation and to follow him. We want them to experience Christ as their personal savior. However, this is something we can't make happen. I said previously, you know, you can't force faith and salvation on your child. So what are reasonable, achievable goals for parents? Well, the focus on the family suggests two goals to work toward. Number one, maintain a relationship and to maintain a godly influence with your with your child. That's what you need to do. So it um you just need to do that. Oh my god, my time is up, but I just wanna tell you that um I wanna share with you a few uh reasons that uh, folks on the family believe those are good goals to work towards. Number one, it's important for parents to relate to their children with both grace and truth. Grace offers forgiveness and demonstrates love just as Jesus did when he interacted with people. Truth affirms we are made in God's image, but we are desperately fallen and we have redemption available through Christ. Both grace and truth are needed for healthy change, growth, and relationships. Number two, God's word does not advise us to approve and celebrate homosexuality, but God's word teaches us uh, the design for our relationships sexuality and it and marriage you know at the same time God's word calls us to follow Jesus example reaching out with love to those caught in sin number three trying to fix control or change loved ones does not work in fact it may push them away from us fourth 
And lastly, your child may have been struggling with homosexual attractions, behaviors, and identity for years. And it will take you time as well to understand his or her thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. uh, And build a deeper relationship with your child. Of course, if your child is still a minor and in your home, you set the boundaries on behavior and respond appropriately to disobedience. But that's very different from trying to fix or change them. In addition, and and what I mean by that, you know, um, you're not going to let, like, your son wear a dress and and, uh, let your daughter dress like a man. Um, In addition, if you have safety concerns about your teen or your child, you might need to take a different action, you know. But in all cases, communicate your love and concern and uh, pray. (coughs) Prayer is a major key. Uh, and, And seek God. Well, my time is out, but I do not want to end this broadcast without sharing with you that... John 3.16 conveys, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Additionally, Romans 10.9-10 conveys, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you believe sincerely, Romans 10, 9-10, I ask you to pray this brief prayer of salvation with me. Gracious God, our Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and you, God, raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I ask you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me so that I might serve you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you prayed the previous prayer with me, you are saved, meaning you are a child of God, a new creation. All of your previous sins are forgiven. For that reason, please read your Bible and pray every day. Join a church that teaches the Word of God. Well, I appreciate you listening to this broadcast. You may follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, What I say unto one, I say unto all. Watch and pray. Live holy every day. Remember, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. I love you. God bless you. Make wise choices. Thank you for listening to God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. Tune in next time with Dr. Westbrooks about God's Word for Your Life. Somebody ought to celebrate the awesome God. God's Inputs for You is copyrighted by Dr. Sharon Westbrook's Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.